Welcome back to A Bevy of Bloods for round five of the 2023 season. In this episode, we get stuck into the tenacious and gritty win over the Richmond Tigers. As always, we are so proud of our boys. So fluff up your tail feathers and settle in for a potentially biased yarn about all things to do with our beloved Bloods. Okay, Swans fans, I welcome back my longtime Bloods brother and bevy of Bloods OG, Noddy, mate. How are you? Good, mate. It's a pleasure to be back. How have you been? Good, good. I'm glad this week is over and I'm glad it went the way we wanted. Let's get straight into the game details. Last Friday night, our Sydney Swans defeated the Richmond Tigers by 44 points with a final score of 18-14-122 to 11, 12, 78. So, Noddy, let's get stuck right into this one, mate. What were your first impressions? Mate, I was nervous going into that as always, but especially so after that heartbreaking loss to Port the week before, which was just gutting. You know, you guys covered it really well last week with Steve-O. But with both sides wanting to avoid a three-game losing streak, and obviously uh, ahead for us, we've got the Cats, Giants, Magpies, and Dockers over the next month. We really needed to get a W, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Both sides, obviously a lot was made of it, dealt with injury blows, mostly to Talls, us, um, Buddy, Ramps, the McCartans, them, Nank, Lynch, Graham, uh, you know, the, the outlier there in terms of height. Uh, but the footy gods didn't stop their crueling party, quelling Amati, mm. who was looking absolutely scintillating in that first first quarter, kick 2-1, but we'll go into that. Um, yeah, so look, I think as the youngest and most inexperienced team of the round, and I think someone, they wrote up that it was Horses third ever in those categories. So still up there in, in terms of his time um, in charge. Um, in a game that really, really was tit for tat. You know, we had two debutantes, Corey and Gould, in the end. We really pulled through. We showed a lot of um, courage, you know, and then obviously with with a record-breaking game from Tommy Papley, who I'm, we're going to go into <laughs> to detail. It, w- it was just a character-building win for the ages. I'm going to say that. And we backed that up by the fact that there's been some records break- broken. But, mate, yeah. how about you? How would you see it? I the, the lead up to this game for that whole week felt like and I'm not going to say a final but it felt like such an important game. Yeah. We losing the McCartans the way we did through oh, concussion brutal. is probably the most cruelest way to go about it, yeah. right? Like knowing what Paddy's having to go on through just to get back onto a football field, then to play with his brother and the emotion that goes along with that and then to then go out with concussion and then his brother go out with concussion in the same game. Like that yeah. is footy gods just being awful and just ruthless. And yeah. so leading up to this game and just knowing what that was and then, of course, the day – and we're all going, okay, the back line's going to be screwed up, but we can do it. You know, Rampy's got a big, you know, big things on Rampy's shoulders. And then the day before, oh, now Rampy's not playing either. Ah, oh, okay. So we have – we pretty much the back line is missing. Yeah. So it was just – a build up to that game that I was just, uh, it was absolute scenes in my living room, mate. Like Danny <laughs> left, my cat wanted nothing to do with me, mate. There was screaming and hollering at every single decision. It was proper intense. Yeah. And just to get up was like the most 
brilliant release that I've had for a game for a while, man. It really was. And then, of course, the Marty goes out, as you mentioned, in mm. in the second beginning of the second quarter. And I'm like, yeah. for God's sake, is this are we done now? Can we footy gods get on with it? But yeah. mate, it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful win. Like it was gritty, it was tenacious. It had all the hallmarks of what I wanted us to show the footy world. We got young kids. They're gritty, they're hard, they're ready, they're tough, they're talented, and we managed to be able to show a lot of that to the football world on the big stage. So I was very, 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 very happy with the way Hall went, mate. What, what, what do you say to all that? I know, I agree, mate. Um, just I guess if we're we're on it, we may as well kick off with um, just a quick, uh, you know, gather round as a general concept. How did yeah. how did you find it? I mean, everything that everyone's told me and a few fans have messaged through. Um, have all mentioned that it was brilliant, brilliant game. There's a couple of mentions, uh, and I've forgotten the name of the gentleman. I apologize. Um, he mentioned that no, because there were so many neutral fans going to some games, they had a really great vibe. So everyone was cheering for just good football. You know, everyone was there for the for the right reasons, and it seemed like it was fantastic. Our correspondent, super fan Sam. Um, loved it. He said it was the most amazing football experience he'd been to, and he's been to a lot of games. He's been, I think, he went to all games at the Swans last year, as an example. Um, so yeah, it's it seems like it's got legs, right? And it must have because the next three years are going to be back in Adelaide. We talk about neutral. Um, I think Sam did the halftime report with his cousin Oscar. Yeah, and and who is a Mad Pies fan? So, um, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, and I did I did hear that uh, three more years for Adelaide. So, you know, that's good for SA, and uh, you know, it's a good, great place to visit. Um, look, look, they didn't um, invent the wheel. Obviously, the AFL, mm. um, the NRL got the jump on them. Uh, they've been doing it since 2019. Who, in turn, I think took it from the Super League, um, rugby league, mm. rugby league in England back in the early 2000s. So. Conceptually, you know, they they weren't they're not pioneers, but you know, I think I think they pulled it off pretty well. And obviously, with the weather they had, um, you know, you've got to play at multiple venues. Um, yep. You know, the length of the games, you can't have people, you know, in the stadium for you know six or nine hours. You know, two three games in a row. But I, I thought it was great. It felt like you know I, I wasn't there. Obviously, I was just watching it. But yeah, it seemed like it was a success all round, and um, you know, festival of footy and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah. mate, I was just glad the Swanies got to win as well. Yeah, look, one thing that I loved about it as well, it gave good opportunity. Um, for instance, Collingwood and St Kilda running through the banner together in celebration and apology for what happened to Nicky Winmar all those years ago. Mm. And even went so far as to Collingwood to actually make a public statement and apology for the way that they and the fans and I guess the game generally treated Winmar back then. So what an, not only an opportunity to play football, but as we've spoken about before, football is more than just a game, right? It, there's this community, there's social, there's people involved. So to see that extra element of you know, everyone coming together for a good cause and you know, all stamp trying to stamp out racism and call it out where it happens, like what a great moment to have and to make the opportunity to do it. Like mm. the gather gather round's got a lot of legs and. It seems to make a whole lot of sense. And, yeah, good on Adelaide for keeping it, man. I, it seems like they did a really good job. And 
go ahead. We might be up there in the Barossa Valley this time next year, mate. That's what I'm hoping for. Look out, look out. Yep. Look, the Pies obviously have got a, a, a better PR person in, there, in at the moment. But <laughs> while they're days, at it, yeah, they can, yeah, they can, they can uh, you know, say a gesture towards Adam Goods if they're if they're running with that line. That's great. That's um, I, I will say something also cynically. Um, the Mount Barker, which was a beautiful oval, right? Mount Barker oval. Mm. Um, I think they had 7,000 there for the Lions mauling of the, of the ruse. But I just think it's a bit you know, a bit of a, it's a bit far-fetched for the AFL to play an AFL game at this ground and then at the one, on the one hand and then at the, on the other hand, tell Tasmania that they've got to build a new stadium because it's not I, up to I AFL. I knew you level. were heading with that. You have yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you have to say that. It's you just bullshit. Yeah, you're okay. You can have uh, this gather round of this, you know, one good, and Adelaide Oval is an amazing ground, by the way. I've been there a couple of times. It's brilliant. Oh, so but you think that's the difference, the fact that it's just a one-off in, in a calendar year, it's okay. But you're saying if, you know, ta- we probably should get on to the Swans game. I feel like we're, we're just spiraling right. out quick, of. Quick, yep. well, let, yep. Let's quickly just do one more thing about this one. Tassie deserves a team, right? Yep. Yep. And Gil's not around. We'll talk about Gil later. All right, let, yeah, all right yep. let's go. All cool, right, cool, let cool. me quickly, a couple of stats about our boys being so young. And I think this was just Brilliant and just so important. We had um, the average age of the team was just over 24 years old and the average experience was 82 games, right, for the players. Mm. It had 15 players under 24, sorry, 24 and under and 11 players with less than 50 AFL games. That is a unbelievably green team and they were gritty. Like I mentioned, they were tenacious they were not quitting. They were doing the football deeds properly. Pressure, tackle, you know, decision-making. This was the show from a team that is well beyond their years and I was just so happy that we are still progressing in the right way, right? We've had a couple of dodgy ones, you know, a couple of games this year that had not gone our way and we'd not really pulled through, but this was a game where we really stood up. Definitely. Mate, good um, to bad, the stats. Yep. Okay, what is mate, on your mind? Yeah, look, for me, it was a very even contest. If you if you go through and look at the numbers, you know, in those general um, stat areas, they were pretty pretty close. There were a few um, ups and downs within within quarters, but by the end of the name uh, end of the game, um, they were basically you know um, even. Um, the only thing really that stu- stood out was that you know the Tigers were a bit wasteful and ineffective in the second quarter, kicking one six and uh, one three in the fourth when mm. we weren't. Obviously, we um, we ran away with it in the fourth there. Um, but you know, obviously, some solo efforts from our emerging leaders um, we've already touched on really set the tone for a massive group effort with role players doing what they needed to do, um, and it was just really pleasing to see. Obviously, the best thing for me about the win was just being able to stick with them. You know, they came they came back at us really, really hard in the third, um, got within seven. Um, but, you know, and that's that's clawing back a 28-point lead, right? Um, so they were coming at us really, really hard. Um, and then we sort of weathered that, weathered that push back. And then, you know, we had all that gas in the tank, desire in our bellies, came out and we, we basically smashed them in the fourth. Yeah. Um, to me, um, I said this earlier to you off um, before we started recording, it felt like it was the exact reverse of the D's game a couple of weeks ago mm. in that, you know, we fought our way back in 
um, to a dominant, you know, pretty much dominant display by the D's. And then, and then they just ran away with it and kicked, kicked clear and beat us by 50 or something basically in the fourth. Yep. And that, that's what we did here, you know. And so the fact, you know, all the, our young players, as, as you've touched on, we were able to do that with all our injuries was it's just so, yeah, I don't know. It's character building. I think it's, yeah. I think a win like that in the way in, we, in which we did it is really, really, um, it's going to stick with these players for a long time and hopefully yeah. it's, it, you know, it gives them some more confidence and we can roll on from there. Yeah. I think your mention there, character building is a really good way to kind of sum it up where this was a game where they kind of had to come in together, fight for it. You know, this was not going to be given to them. This was, we didn't have our best players out there. We were missing three insanely important and an elite backmen um, that could all be fighting for an All-Australian if they play their cards right, right? This is how good mm. any one of them are, and we're missing all of them. And so that back line, Foxy, Lloydy, Blakey, uh, and then Will Gould, of course, um, had to just step up three steps over what they normally would do, play on men they shouldn't typically be playing on. Um, you know, the, this discoordination that would happen by missing all these key players in the general back there in Rampy. Man, just character building is a really, really good way to say it, Noddy. I think we walk away from this with a lot of confidence for the team that they were able to do things that we presumed, we, we always knew that they could. And we know that they can beat uh, an opponent with diversity and they just continue to do that. And it makes me really, really proud of them because I think that's just kind of a, a trait of the Sydney Swans in this in this uh, last uh, few years is uh, to to win when there was no win to be coming off it. Well, yeah, just role playing, you know, um, you know, the fact that, you know, we've due to those outs in our back line, we had to do some major reshuffling mm. and who goes back there, Cal Mills, captain, yeah. no worries, guys, I got this. I don't need all the, I don't need all the, the disposals. I could just go back, go back to where I cut my teeth, um, you know, <laughs> just in autopilot, just doing his yeah, thing. Yeah. Back to the old stomping grounds in the back line over here, no worries. <laughs> I mean, I think Papley was re- interviewed after the game and he, he made specific mention to Millsy there. Um, saying you know everyone's just a role player. Everyone knew what they had to do, and everyone did it. And I think that's that's pretty bang on, you know. And um, mm. I think Horse, um, you know, echoed that sentiment. He was pretty happy, um, and also you know touched on the the fact that there was a lot of youth and a lot of inexperience. But yeah, we pulled through with the the game plan and did it for each other. It was really pleasing. Um, in terms of uh, you know, okay, so there was this thing. I'm sure a lot of Swans fans uh, saw it and heard it. Um, there was a thing on uh, Fox footy the other night. Um, mm. I think it was given to them by Champion Data, where they get all their intellectually challenging stuff from. Um, they're calling <laughs> it. They're calling it the Premiership Window because basically the graph looks like a window, and mm. it's a play on words because you're in the window. Um, it. Look, I, 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 it seems kind of so obvious. It's like, how is this even, um, you know, a reportable stat? But yeah. after after five rounds, only the Bombers and the Swans are in the top six for both offense, as in points scored and defense points conceded. And fifth, and this is the kicker: fifteen of the last seventeen premiers have been in the top six for in these both. lines. Yeah, but I'm thinking. But there's probably more, you know, a lot of teams that were in the top eight that were also in that at times throughout the season that didn't win the flag. It's almost, for me, it seems like one of these things that doesn't really need to be said. But I guess I guess the point is if you're better at one than the other, you know, you've got to be good at both. And and that's sort of, I think, we what we've been really good at is we've been really, really good at defense. Some weeks we've struggled with goals, others not. But that balance and horses being able to do that through that, 
you know, that really good backline that we've had that got completely rearranged this week. And the fact that we still came out pretty well, um, for, for, you, you know, in that is just sort of a credit to, you know, the 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 plan B. It worked. Yeah. Horse gets criticised for not having a plan B sometimes, and and this was to a T a plan B. I mean, it's probably a plan C as well, like with the with the personnel um, we had to roll with. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think the whole the champion data. I think it's funny that you mention it. It's so we're saying the obvious is you have to be really good defence and offence. Okay, basically, yeah. You need to be top six, like top. Uh, Top six, third yeah. or so of the of the competition. Yeah, fair enough. Like, there's I'm not too surprised about that. Um, it's one of those. Uh, I think it's just one of those stats where it's easy to explain to someone, and it's easy to put up on the graph and put on the window uh, on the window, and you can explain the window and the concept of all that pretty easily. So Fox Footy is going to be apparently driving with this every week. So if you your team has a bit of a blowout, um, loses against someone by you know, a few because you got some injuries you'll slide out of this window and then everyone's going to start panicking that you need to fix your defense or your offense for that week and then everything just goes back to normal again. So I don't think it's a whole lot to uh, to pay attention to other than it's a very interesting stat in that 15 of the last 17 have all come from this uh, this style. Noddy, is that because um, they've not been counting it prior to that or just because the trend kicked in around that time oh do, no do i think know? they've been counting it i think that it's, i think this is just a new segment that they've, okay, they've found okay. to be able to report and that's what i, that I what i mean if you look yeah. at our, our games this year um you know we've had three games where we've scored o- over 100 um mm. you know and we've only had one game where we've conceded 100 and it's that blowout against the d's right the D's, yeah. even, even that port game was really close right 64 66 so mm. you know it just goes to show we're scoring quite well even though you know we're sort of we've got a forward line that's sort of finding their feet as well and with buddy in and out and you know all that sort of discussion about you know avenues to goal and what's our best what is actually our best team um but you know What's really pleasing is how the back line was tested and how they stood up this week. And we're going to get into Nick Blakey soon, but man, that guy was Oof. unbelievable. But yeah, my question on the on the last seventeen years is kind of leading to um about the time that contested ball became a big thing. So maybe a little bit before that, but where where it became they started shutting down the game. Rather, it wasn't just like free flowing goals like there arguably was just like in the early 2000s and whatnot. So I think maybe, I don't know, I'm just, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I, I kind of, um, it seems like it, the, the contested ball and now all of a sudden the ball's not moving. So you've got to be really, it's not It's not just one thing just to score heaps because no teams can do that consistently week to week. You also yeah. need to have a balance and yeah. Okay. So you've got to be good at all parts of the game. Fair enough. Yeah. That makes sense both. to me. Two way running. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, Mate, look, yeah. You go. I was going to say, um, going back to the game though, hmm. Um, there's a couple of moments there that I it bothered me. Um, firstly, <laughs> the the punch in the face that Errol Gordon copped from Shy Bolton was oh, yeah, that was a bit cheeky, wasn't it? Yeah, a bit cheeky, yeah. Um, but I haven't heard er- any anything about that. But yeah. Errol got up, fair enough. But there's nothing MRO like it's clearly on TV. Like there's footage of it. Like why has no one ever picked this up and said, yeah, look, he clearly hit the head. It was intentional. It was high. It, that's got to be a, at least a fine or we're just not caring because he got back up and, and it's okay now. I, I didn't think that that was the thing. I thought the whole point of the whole thing, we've spoken about this hundred times over is if the, in- if the intent was there, then that's enough to kind of um, penalize them for it. 
Well, look, I, um, if we're talking about it now rather than later in the potty, um, yeah, mm. I mean, I think um, Caminiti from St Kilda has just been given like a three or four week ban for yeah. his hit on Murphy, and that was even, that was further away. It wasn't a clearer clear image. I mean, I think the incident was was worse, but I mean, nothing nothing was even. It wasn't even. It was like it, nothing happened. I don't know. I, I mean, look, I, I saw it. I don't know if it hit him in the in the face or the. It was it was a punch though. So I mean, punch, the fact yeah. that nothing has been spoken about it um, is a little bit. Um, rich ordinary. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Richmond. Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit Richmond. Yeah. Hey, mate, one. mate. Yep. The not so good. Okay, I have to say it. I think o- overall, lads was was pretty good. He was lads was bas- very good. Yep. Basically, the good lad, right? And yep. we would talk about him in honourables, but I just have to say, his brain explosion. <laughs> right. I I was a little bit trigger happy. <laughs> I do acknowledge to the to the bevy group. I think. I said, trade him immediately. I, <laughs> trade him out is what I That's think it, I wrote. At that moment. At that moment yeah. when he did the little catch and tap. Like what a br- – and they were pushing and pushing and pushing and he yeah. did, just gives them a goal. I was like, oh, that was bad lads. We had the bad yeah. lads back for a moment. Yeah, the, the good lad's been around for, it's been, for it's been a good, year. It's been a good lad year. It's going to be a good lad year. A little bit of flashes of the bad lad, but it's nothing in terms of brain brain fades off the ball. Like no dodgy play off the ball. Like he's got his head straight, it looks like. He's tackling hard with he's got the ball, but he's doing just weird random things with with the ball. So, uh, yeah, it's it's funny because we won by 44 points. Mm. If we lost by five, that would have been a totally different story. We'd be yeah, talking talk. about this differently. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, mate, I don't know. Um, there were a fair few favourite moments in in the game, and we've got a fair few to spread around. So I don't know. What, what were you, all right, allow me to ask you: What were your favourite moments of the game? Well, I think my favourite moment would have been the Papley goal when I think it was uh, Cunners was were inside the field. so centre square bounce. We get the clearance, go up forward. I think Cunners gets a tackle on someone. Ball gets loose. I think he gets a hand on it. Pass up to Heaney. Heaney passes it over to a screaming Papley coming in from the center square. Takes three or four um, uh, steps and slams it on his boot from about 45 out and scores the goal. It was like that was an electric goal. And that was he he booted it like seventy meters too. He gave it a proper thump and and then he of course sprinted faster than Usain Bolt straight after it as he normally does. So it, that was my favorite goal of his. That was just skill and they were by all the team pretty good goals. Went, they were like six absolute yeah. perlers, right? Well, um, the one that Dill Garner gave it over to him. Like, yeah, yeah, Dill should have yeah. just taken it. and gone, no, nah, you've yeah. had enough, mate. And uh, Heaney well Heaney should have asked for the ball back anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, they're all pretty pretty good goals. Yeah. Oh, mate, I've got two clear ones, um, go. and I won't go to any of Papley's because, as I said, they were all bloody brilliant. Yeah. But I've um, Corey's first kick, first goal, first kick, mm-hmm. first goal. He joins that club. Well done. Um, was fantastic. I thought he had a pretty good game. Um, obviously, Chad was off the ground at the time, which was a bit of a you know happy, happy sad moment. But um, no, that was awesome to see, and love seeing the family in the crowd, um, the Warners there. Um, you know, I know we should not talk about Papley, but also his play to break. Two tackles, I think, then to send the ball to get to Warner. Yeah, that, yeah, like another Papley moment. But yeah, yeah, sorry. I mean, there's going to be We're a not lot here of to make it about Papley, but there is go- well, he kind of made it about himself. He did it himself playing so damn well. Yeah. But um, the other one, okay, and this is gonna this is gonna be a two part conversation. Um, was obviously Braden Campbell's amazing kick 
um, from from Long and on that really tight angle, which is Buddy esque, obviously. But okay, the bevy this week were like, man, Braden Campbell needs a nickname. Mm. Um, so we had a few exam, we had a few um, you know options rolling around. We had um, Bazooka from Matt, yep. which I thought was awesome. I like um, Bazooka. Yeah. Yep. I put my hat in the ring for soup. Um, mm. as in Campbell's soup. Campbell's soup, yeah. Soup, yeah. I, I had to send a picture before I think anyone came along for the ride with me on that one. But I wasn't that, sure where you're going with it because <laughs> – You're like, not his drunk, you, it's midday. Yeah, yeah, because in, in baseball there was a guy called Supan um, and and he was like, yeah, soup, and they make the call, you know, soup. Soup. As they do for a number of different players in that. We haven't well. had that call we since haven't. Paul Ruse, I no. think, Paul yes. Ruse played for us, right? Ruse. Yeah. You Ruse. Know the, you know, yeah. at the moment there's Bruce – at Hawthorne, mm-hmm. there's Bruce at uh, the Dogs now, and then young Van Ruyen, yeah, Ruyen that bothers whatever me. his name is, at yep. Melbourne. Wouldn't it be cool if we got like a just a little soup in there? But anyway, that's – I Brayden, kind of feel that's a little bit far-fetched, if you don't mind. Campbell's Soup. I mean, Campbell's you soup. probably have to be mm. a certain age to realize that there's a brand of soup called Campbell's, but – It's an um, Andy Warhol thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's his, he it's did his a pop painting, art, pop, a pop, pop art, art thing, yeah, pop art thing, yeah. Can we anyway, call him the, Andy, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm just going in circles here. No, don't I think, and I think early on we heard Gordon talk about his mate, call him B C B J B J maybe B J. I think B J. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, it was a fantastic goal. It was unbelievable. It was so yeah. cool. Anyway, I, I I like the bazooka. I'm a big fan of bazooka, but bazooka. um. Yeah, Obviously, from his the, the kicking ability, it's like he, he kind of yeah. pulls it. He and that's not it. the only one, right? Didn't um, he kick it from right. like 70, 75 in, the VF, uh, in uh, one of the preseason games as well? Yeah, that was huge. Bazooka, Braden. Bazooka, Braden. Bazooka, Braden. Braden, Bazooka, Campbell. And then I'm yeah, going to be on some the ring. side saying. It's got some ring in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, um, well, okay. I got one more. Yeah. Um, I, it's a bit of a favorite moment because – just what it kind of meant to the to, to, to the Swans crowd, Will Gould coming on the field full stop. Yeah. Right? Just when he came on and we're, we're watching from the telly, right? So we couldn't see when he actually ran on, the interchange that happened. We just saw him when the first time we saw a gentleman, this big burly man child in the background that were like, that guy is too big to be a uh, lizard. So it's clearly not lizard. Who's that guy marking up? And he ended up being Will Gould. Um, his absolute terror <laughs> when the ball hit the ground and just almost falling out of his own feet. It felt like to me, what it's you know one of those bad dreams when you're trying to run, you can't. <laughs> and that feeling, that's what I imagine he was going through, right? That's the terror of playing at Gather Round in your hometown for the first time on an AFL pitch given you've been meant to be there for the last couple of years and everyone's got are probably asking you day to day when are you going to hit the seniors. But every single touch after that, he got better and better and better. Yeah, he had that kick out on a full, but fair enough, you know, you know, you've got to sharpen it up. But he got better and better as the game got on and got more and more natural and kept up with the speed. And that it just made me really happy that finally we got to see him on there Firstly, that finally we get to see him on there. Secondly, we can stop talking about it. It's the other great thing. <laughs> but just to have him finally, you know, break through, mate, that, that's to me is a huge moment for like Swans fan and we can all just move on with our lives and hopefully see him on the ground more often. But we'll talk about that in the replacement section. Definitely, mate. I like that. That's good. Um, right, I, mate. I would just quickly. Um, yeah, please. Chad had kicked, you know, you know, kicked one three for the game. <laughs> 
yeah. if he kicked four, you know, I think we'll we'll touch on him in the next segment. But you know, some of his running guns, if if there were goals on the end of that, they would have been just sensational. So miss slightly mischancy, but um, yeah, still still thought that was you know he's showing really really good signs. Yeah, yeah. While we're at, I guess like what last week I think he missed two or three yeah. on the run things that he would have in the past last year just nailed. So yeah, yeah he'll sharpen he's, it up. But the fact that he gets himself in a position to, to be able to do that, he's just got to nail that last kick. Then yeah, like he's done all the hard part. He's just got to nail that last supposedly easy part. I don't play right. AFL, as you can tell. That's you know, like he's yeah, he's he's kicked more behinds than goals. That's for sure. But yeah, mm. I think he'll come good. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Bob Medal, which is our equivalent of the Bob Skilter Medal. Um, we give out three, two, one points to the best Swans player in each game. With this week, the highest points are receiving a winery tour and a round of golf with Paps, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know how we're going to do this. We'll, we'll have to get the green light there from, from Tom, but I'm sure we'll, we'll call up Tom. We'll, we'll make some yeah. calls and uh, we'll make it happen. So um, three, two, one points go. Three points to Papley, yep. two points to Blakey, the and third. one point to Heaney. Heat. The heat. Mate. Right, mate, do you want to talk about Papley a little bit more? Oh, man, he's basically – it's basically Rain Man. The numbers he produced in this game were just I've, – I've, we've written them out and it looks like the most difficult mathematical <laughs> equation. It's just full – okay, six goals, two from nine yeah. shots. That's 67%. You know, two in the third quarter, fourth, uh, four in the fourth. But he was effective in the in the first and second quarters around the ground through clearances and some of these um, you know score assist um, you know goal assists and score involvements. And that's my next point. Um, Thirteen score involvements game high. I think it was you know five more than the next person um, in the game. <laughs> Crazy, Tw- yeah. Twenty five disposals at sixty four percent. Twelve of those contested. Five clearances. Six inside fifty. Six hundred and eighty six meters gained. <sighs> Massive, like numbers, uh, like yeah, video game stuff. Unbelievable. He just yeah. looked scintillating. Like he was just even in the first half when he hadn't kicked any, he was he was playing really well. You could tell that he was switched on, and really we we needed a game like this from him from one of our players because you know obviously after Amadi goes off, you know where do the goals come from? Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone expected this. And uh, there was the, uh, you know, that thing that they produced that obviously came from Champion Data again, the highest rated game of any player this year, um, you know, in terms of impact. Uh, the other players being Gorn, uh, Max Gorn, Jeremy Kerman twice and our, our Errol, um, but like cleared, cleared them. I think it was like 30 points or something and 17 to 20 is deemed like elite. Yeah. And he was like 30. So just like a blistering game. Like we call him the the spark or what what would what would we say the spark the, the, spark, the yeah well, yeah the, you know like when he like, got going the team got faster yeah they ran more they we we were harder in the contest we were better when he started going you saw the whole team start to wind up with him like he definitely is the bloody spark in that team and it was a beautiful finishing of the game he was one of only a few players um, to score zero in the first half and six in the second half. And funnily enough, um, I think there's like six players that have done it all up, maybe less, five. And Buddy Franklin had done it twice before. <laughs> <laughs> this is like in Strange company. Bedfellas. In company, awesome. yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, yeah, I'll add to that, mate. Joined uh, obviously the Swans had, um, put a put a pretty cool article out saying they joined the record books for most goals in the game at the Adelaide Oval, which is obviously only since 2014 because they'd mm. played at Football Park prior to that. But um, in terms of um, Swans, Sydney Swans era, uh, Plugger and Bazza have kicked six against the Crows, but that was again at Football Park. Um, Papley became the 28th Swan, Sydney Swan, to kick six goals in a game, and the 75th mm. player. Uh, to do so, uh, if you include the the grand old history of South Melbourne, so um, just a just a game, just to, honestly like a just one for the ages. It was an unbelievable game that like individual game he had. It was so it was just like face meltingly came. good. It was so yeah. good. <laughs> it it got me up. It got me up. It got me screaming. So really, Papley wins uh, a winery tour and a game of golf with himself. With himself. So, so you know, the fact that he already did that, this is sort of a retro, you know, like he's mm. we're sort of awarding him with the thing he's already done because yes. he, yeah. So. so for the Swans fans out there that didn't know, he actually took off to the Barossa thereafter. I think for the next day they got the day off. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, did some you know, winery tours and did whatever the hell he wants on his day off as he's allowed to. So he's already taken his prize before we were able to give it to him. So a little bit awkward, Papley. I mean, you know, we're going to have to call you and tell you something you already knew. But, hey, we got that done. Um, all right. The two points to Blakey. Now, if you don't mind, Noddy. You go. I was. We had to convince so, you. I mean, you yeah. were you were pretty. You were like Blakey deserves a very considered. You know, you almost yeah. had him with three. I did have him on three. So yeah, and so the way that it works again for everyone at home is we have the the bevy crew. There's a few of us, of course. Uh, Steve-O, Jules, Brett, Matt, uh, Super Sam fan, uh, Sam, and yourself and me. Um, we all get together and we. This uh, brains trust basically comes together, and and we talk a lot about football, and we put our votes down. My vote definitely talk a, went a lot for, about. It's basically <laughs> it's all take, day, every day. So. It takes up ninety nine percent of my uh, brain power um, just to <laughs> just to get it, just to just explode all my damn football stuff onto a page. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was a big big advocate for getting Lizard on the three points. Just being very serious here, like given what he had to do, playing on someone for. No, some pretty much for the first time in some time because he's normally allowed to run loose. He he takes the intercepts, he does the the the, the, the kick ins, and he's always there to kind of link up with players and get some run on through the centers and you know make some sharp kicks. He has the whole his whole game is designed for him to have a little bit of room to move to then make those cool cool decisions. Put that great boot that he has on. For the first time in some time, he had to be the anchor, mm. and that's not his game. He was a forward for crying out loud. Tell me a more more free flowing position. Like forward is it? You you make up the rules. The guy follows you. He's had to transform his entire game back to get to this place. So to see him do that and do it as well as he did with thirty disposals at ninety three percent, like thirteen intercepts. Like intercept possessions, this kid was unbelievable and kept the game close when we needed to be close. It was him. He did that, and then of course, Papley then just destroying the mids and then taking off and scoring all his goals and us just turning it on from the back of that. That's why I was such a big advocate for Lizard, mate. That's why I wanted to make sure that everyone knew out there that we are not taking his role lightly. He was very, 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 very good, mate. 
he, what did he you, was what do you have no, to say? No, he was that? awesome, mate. Like everything you've said there is a hundred percent correct. Like, um, you know, the just the even the mental pressure that, you know, I'm sure he oh, would have absolutely, yeah. You know, he he he's going in there. Obviously there's old older heads in there, right? There's Lloyd, we can't forget there's Lloyd, there's Cunningham, there's Fox, right? Who um have a bit more experience in terms of age. Well, certainly Lloyd and Cunningham. But um just the fact that he switched so seamlessly to that role that you just described and and did it so well um you know career high 13 intercept possessions you know and and his accuracy is is 93% um i'm pretty sure that was uh, first for sydney for anything over 20 touches it's pretty if you think over the last few weeks there's been a few clangers that he's made um coming mm. out of you know kick you know kick-ins or kick kicking kicking play on sort of thing um but it, you just really didn't see it this game and he really was the he was just the voice of authority back there and it just we, i was a bit worried that maybe his slight you know um depending on who he'd matched up on he mm. might might get thrown around a bit but he seemed to just relish it like he just he nailed it it was a very very good game and you're right like he you know there was a lot to think about in terms of three and two but i just think papley edged him in terms of the impact and the and the record breaking, but Blakey's game was was just fantastic and yeah. and well worthy of two. Yeah, yeah, he he was a competitor. I mean, he he competed the whole game, and that, that's why yeah. I just love about it. Like, yeah, we know what he's like. We know what his skill sets are. We know how good he can be, and it's just far out, man. Like, he's probably it's kind of to say underrated. I think I think most of AFL is well aware of him. He's just but showing think, more and more and doing different yeah. things, and that's—I think—that's what's surprising. Like you kind of know you get it. You know, he pretty much made a name for himself last season with his run and gun mm. off the halfback line, and that was one of the really big reasons we were able to, like, you know, transition from D fifty into fifty and, and then score. But like this role that he played this week, you know, it's a new role, yeah. as you said, from forward to back, halfback. You know, played a bit of time on the wing um, just after Ford, but didn't really um, suit him. So that's when they moved him back. But then to play the, you know, the the role that he was playing, which is effectively a, a fullback, um, yep. but sort of doing a bit of everything while he was there. It was it was unreal, man. Like it was un, it was oh, a man. bloody good it was, game. It was so much so much fun to watch. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I'll watch it a third time for sure. That game. So unfortunately, he comes second. He doesn't get to go on a winery tour with Papley. Um, he gets nothing because the budget at the bevy is pretty low. So like, sorry, mate. Yeah, it no is what it is. Yeah. All right. Moving on to uh, one point. Uh, we have Isaac the Heat Heaney. Yeah. Mate, he's been a little bit of the whipping boy lately. Not yep. been playing his best game. Um, everyone's been calling him out a bit. We've spoken about it uh, uh, quite a bit to try mm. to work out how we're going to get him more into the game. He got in. He got himself involved, and he played really well. What, what, what have you got to say about it? Well, well, yeah, you're right. I think he just it just clicked, and and you know he it was switched on, and you know he he fought hard like he does. But I think sometimes it's just confidence. You know, he kicked a couple of yeah. goals in the end, and I think that sort of it all it sort of fed off that. Um, you know, obviously it was throughout the game, but you know he was very effective in defence. His running again was elite back and forth, um, you know, 20 disposals, 15 contested, which is game high, um, you know, eight score involvement, second in Sydney. I don't, it was just it's just a, a game that we know he can play that he hasn't really been producing of late. Yeah. Um, but that shows me that game that he played, you know, sort of, you know, reassures me because, you know, we, as, you, as you've been talking about over the potty the past couple of weeks, genuinely wondering if there's you know if he's carrying an injury or if there's something else going on because not really um you know getting 
those sort of heaney type games out of him certainly you know in terms of our um second most second highest goal kicker last year 49 goals it hasn't been tracking like that so far this season but you know he just worked really really hard this game and he was one of our you know one of these emerging leaders would you say as a 26 year old he was the whatever Uh, fifth oldest player on the ground yeah crazy but yeah he he, you know deserved one point um this week in the bob mate for sure Yep. And also seven, yep. seven tackles. Yeah, I was yep. about to drop that in as well. So yep. he was doing it everywhere. Um, a couple of little moments like, so the the intercept, um, he intercepted a pass between the two backmen at one point mm. to score his first goal um, at that point. I think it was his first goal at that point. Um, I think that loosened him up. And mm. that's a pretty confident thing to do, to just run between two uh, two players and just try to knock the ball out of their hands. You know, when, when our job and the whole what we do in the – front line is to keep pressure on and that's man on man more so mm. um so to see him do that and i was like oh hello like is this a cocky heaney do we see in front of us and and it seemed like his hands got softer um at that point because his hands have been a bit more concrete they haven't been taking those speckies and that he typically okay. would that's you know beyond the normal human being uh, ability to yeah. so yeah i was really yeah just started seeing that and then yeah t- took on the game and as the game got more and more um i don't know uh tougher so did he, and definitely deserves the one point. Uh, we've got a couple of names we're going to mention next that were, you know, arguably could have got a point, but I think Heaney was definitely third on the ground for sure. Yeah, mate, and I'll launch into it. Like obviously, Chad, Chad was one of those guys who probably yeah. could could have been in the three, two, one, and I think I was more in the Chad camp than uh, than the Heaney camp. But like having watched the game again, you know, Heaney definitely does it. Like he had a very, very good game. Um, but um, as I mentioned earlier, Chad's Chad's efficiency, kicking efficiency, has been has been pretty low lately, um, and it was pretty low in this game. It was like 30 33% or something. He had like 18 kicks. He had heaps of a stack of the footy, kicking yeah. it really well, just um, just missing the mark. But, you know, that's that's fine. There's going to be moments like that with him. 26 disposals at 54%, 12 contested, um, kicked one goal, three. You know, those three, I think all three behinds basically were, were, you know, he could have run on and kicked them and they would have been highlights real like he's, you know, we know he's capable of. Um, But yeah, um, eight score involvement, seven clearances, which was second best for Sydney. Like he had a pretty good, pretty good game, game. all all things considered. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's quite unlucky to not get the point. Um, If we split it, that'd be Mm. great. (laughs) But yeah, not no half points going out there. Too he was ruthless. Lucky. Too ruthless at the bevy, mate. Yeah, ruthless at the bevy. Uh, budget's low. Um, the ones that I'd probably mo- point out would be that you know, remaining piece of the uh, bits of the back line there, Lloydie and Fox. Yeah. Um, Fox was, I- I'd say, just solid, like perfect. Yep. I don't, I don't recall him doing anything that was questionable in the entire game. I, I think he was just really, really, really good. He did everything he needed to do. He was everywhere he needed to be. Um, second in one percenters with six, of course, Blake, he got uh, eight of them just to show off. Um, yeah, 17 touches for himself. So Foxy had a very, very nice game. And Lloydie, uh, mate, Lloydie is always, Lloydie's Lloydie. He seems to just get be getting better somehow. Um, but not necessarily with the ball this time around. Also defensively, he was... Like strong, he was matched up against Revolt as Revolt was rubbing his forearm into his head um, and not getting a free kick for his effort. Um, and and do we want to talk about it? All right, Lloydie did score a goal, by the way. Oh God, that was a goal. Oh, so my God. if we've forgotten at other... home, oh my God, he kicked that... it. 
it touched um, some of the, I don't know, the, the netting that's around the soft part of the post and was it deemed- was, It was disorganized marketing material, <laughs> okay? If, imagine if we had lost that game by a goal. Imagine oh if Richmond God. had lost that, that game by a goal in yeah. that fashion. Can you imagine the blowback? Unbelievable. Oh, my God. That was the, So, yeah. Okay. So, it's, part it's, po- it's part of the post. It's so got it's to be behind. Post, We're not so fighting the, that. The rule, is, the rule is if oh it's part of God. the post or the netting of the post or the, the, whatever the part of the post, then it's deemed as hitting the post. So it, on paper, it is a behind, but it's not a behind because that should have been taped up. This is the AFL. This is not some two-bit operation for crying out loud. Come I mean, on, can we? It's the equivalent of duct tape. Like, equi- yeah, duct tape, uh, and they did, and they, you know, they went out and did that afterwards. But imagine if there was like a big wasp's nest. Just sitting on the on the goalpost. Lloydy right. comes through, kicks one of one of the one of his career best goals. It hits the wasp nest. They go flying <laughs> off. You know, at, behind. Sorry, you know what I was AFL? thinking there. What the if hell are the wasps a, doing there? It was a wasp nest. Chances are, Rampy would have you know, jumped up and touched it and that's hugged right. it somehow. Yeah, that's another have, option. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, he wasn't playing, so that he wasn't was, playing. Couldn't we were it. safe for Rampy not to like headbutt a wasp nest, but yeah, we could have kicked one into it. So yeah. Anyway, Lloydie also kicked a goal. I just want to point that out. So, mate, Definitely. anyone else you want to uh, mark up uh, as a good player for the game? Mate, mentioned uh, Bazooka before for that goal. He was he's getting he's looking more and more you know comfortable. Um, Golden, very good, very good game. I want to point out two players though. Cunners, go for it. Who is has been under a little bit of um, criticism lately um, mm-hmm. for just you know performing his role. He kept Dan Rioli to twenty two disposals for the game, but it was nine to half time. You know, um, this guy's been averaging 26 disposals a game from rounds one to four, you know. Um, so Cunners, I think he did a bloody good job on him. 21 um, pressure acts, which was second. second really good, yeah. After Chad Warner, by the way, 37. <laughs> I forgot to mention that earlier. Yeah, offensively um, and defensively. Go Chad. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, you know, Cunners, Cunners had a good game um, and hopefully yep. um, silenced some of the critics. But like, you know, obviously with all of our outs, he's got to be in there. He's, you know, he's basically one of the players that's propping up our um, average age and experience. Mm. So the other guy was Rob. Robbo, Matty Roberts. So he mm-hmm. had 14 touches at 92%. So, you know, other than that picket spin away, which was a bit bit of a lucky bounce, I just think he's looking more and more comfortable and he makes very good decisions. Yeah, he does. He is exciting. He's mm-hmm. the next uh, set of guys that we're very excited to see with a bit more yeah. football under them. So, yeah, yeah good. On, on the Connors piece, I think playing the back line is nat- his natural spot, right? Yeah, we've always got that forward, like uh, dare I say, Wicks, Bell, um, those gents who um, just get slammed by everyone in in Swan's world because they don't get their ten or twelve touches and whatever. Um, but Cunners was in that same spot. We know Cunners is a good player. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. He's a very good player. He's an excellent player of football. Um, think- and he was getting those low numbers as well. So it just could be that the. I'm role. starting to think it's, it's just the role. It's the role, yeah. It's the Look, role that's what's important. As you as you rightly mentioned, you know, when Bell was still playing for us when he when he was producing those games and there was a yeah. lot of lot of moaning on the on the socials from the Swans fans, you know, it's the same kind of thing. If 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 they've got that role, that's the role they and Steve O mentions all the time, we don't know what the role is. You know, mm. he could be playing his game perfectly, executing perfectly. Um, we just don't know what it is. But um when I look at Cunners, you know, you know, and you think Okay, you've got him in the back line, but really he can play any he can play any line. There's a couple of players who can do that. Like he's one of them. I reckon Fox is one of them. Yeah, um, Millsy. 
Millsy, Millsy obviously, um, yeah. you know, Pat, you know, so you can comfortably give him, you know, defender slash mid slash forward. And all of a sudden he's a, you know, he can help you out when you need to fix something really. Yeah. If yeah. he's not playing a role, he's, he's in there to, to provide a, you know, an advantage if it needs to be called on throughout the game because of his versatility yeah. and his and pace. He's genuinely before. fast. He's still, he's mm. still a massive, you know, really good runner. We can't overlook this, but um, anyway, I just wanted to point that out. That's, I, that's my only point about Cunners. You know, he's no, playing no, a role. I, I agree. I think he, you know, he, he's, he's a lock. Yeah, 100%. I think that's why he ma- makes such a fantastic emergency too because no matter what happens in the game, he goes. If we need someone in the back line, he'll send them there. If you need someone in the forwards, go. If he needs a winger even, just throw him into the wing. He can play pretty much anywhere. So He was kept out of the team last year for, by Clark and, yeah. his, and, and Clark's amazing clamp job. That he, yeah. he did, you know, in the for the you know halfway through the year, he basically just stole that spot from Cunners. Like but. industry, industry flagging clamp roll was the only <laughs> thing that kept Cunners out. Like he was stopping a kid from getting forty touches a game. Went down to like single digits. That's how good Ryan Clamp's uh, Clark hat was to keep Cunners out. So I think, yeah, I think we've spoken about it. But we'll, but talk, we'll talk about Clark in happy. a moment. I think when yeah, we, we talk will, about we yeah. All right. All right, mate. That's that's the players. I mean, we could talk a few, about a few more, but we mm. shouldn't because we do need to kind of continue on. Otherwise, this body would be a three-hour go. Um, not that I'd be too no worried about that. Here, mate. Yeah, I think we've got to get yeah. to bed at some point, but yeah. I could keep <laughs> yes. going, mate. Um, all right. Injuries post-game. Uh, MRO and uh, replacement. And we'll talk about what's going on for next week's game along the way. Um, Injuries-wise, of course, we've spoken about it. The footy gods are awful. Amadi with the hammy, he's out so for lucky. a couple of months, a few months at this point, mate. That's awful. Like just as he's starting to get going and we're starting to see some really good football out of him and yeah. starting to do all the things that we we wanted to see out of him doing it really well, but he's out. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, yeah, uh, otherwise I think Heaney um, had a pinch in the neck, uh, yeah. got checked out, it was all good, obviously um, played on. And was uh, got the two points from us. Uh, lads went off at some point, um, but also came back on and played out the game. Mm. Um, he seems to sort of feel the hits a little bit. He's a little bit like, and th- this is no, you know, character um, uh, yeah, criticism. Assassination. But assassination. But you know yeah. how Paddy Dangerfield sometimes can just sort of let let things be about him. Like he gets a bit of a knock and then he's like, oh, and then all the cameras are on him. Um I feel yeah. like Lads has a little bit of that, but um, but I don't want to speak too prematurely. Like I, I hope he's okay because I think he's a critic. He's still a critical player for us. Um, you know, obviously we're going to talk about you know, Hickey being a few weeks away. Um, you know, I think uh, horses come out tonight saying um, Rampy and Tommy McCartan are still so Rampy and Buddy are still probably a week away, and yep. they're ruling Paddy and Tommy out again um, yep. from, for concussion. Protocols. And I also saw that Hickey looks like he may be coming close to ready, but it looks like they, you know, he's 36 VFL. years old and they want to yeah. see if he can play some football before he comes in. So, so there you go. Lads is like super important for us. So yeah, yeah we obviously don't want him to go down with anything um, that further compromises the structure, but righto. So if that's the, that, if that's the butcher's bill, mate, um, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? So we lose. So we still, from everything we know right now and from what Horse said this week, we don't have a Rampy. We don't have a Buddy. 
We have no Paddy. We have no Tommy still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have um, Hickey back. Mm-hmm. So we're basically looking at the same team we had this week with Noah Marty as well. Mm. So we not only do we have to fill in those spo- spaces that made us gush and uh, you know lose ourselves for forty minutes so far, or whatever we've been talking about, and we've also got to fill in another spot. So Aaron Francis is the first name that comes to mind when I think of a replacement for a Marty mate. From what I heard on the post game presser when you know horse was you know, gushing over will good and how well he did and coming in and relatively short notice he did kind of lay in there a little bit that francis was also if anything um i don't know in front of Gould's kind of the way that he mentioned it but francis seemed like he had a bit of a sore foot or something and he didn't look like he was going to get up mm. um but I assume and that, look, that that's Francis fair, walks in. That's fair enough, because given yeah. the, his AFL experience and his, um, you know, his I guess pedigree, yeah. um, in terms of where he was picked in the in his um, draft year. But yeah, look, I think. But we, I mean, we we spoke about this today with the bevy, like <laughs> like for most of the day, um, knowing that there's been these announcements already this early in the week, um, mm-hmm. so that we can have a bit of clarity. And and obviously, um, we're going to talk about our opponents soon, but. Um, and, and they're outs, but yeah, look, I, I think that, I think I made the point that, um, I feel like Francis comes in for a Marty, um, cause you know, he's kicked three, he's been playing pretty well. We've seen him live, you and I, a couple of times yeah. in the VFL this year. He's, he's running well. He's look, looking good. He's, he's a level beho- above yeah. VFL. Yeah. You so, can tell he, he's clearly the AFL player playing in the VFL team. Def- like, definitely. Clear it's as like hell. sticks yep. out like a sore thumb, yep. but, um, the I guess the opening and the opportunity hasn't been there, but now with Amadi, you know, sadly out with with that shocking hamstring and tendon issue, um, there's probably a spot there. Considering we're coming up against taller and heavier players than we did mm. against the Tigers in Geelong, you know, and then you know if you've got Blakey and Gould as our two talls, and it, and Gould's effectively a second gamer, mm. um, it's a lot of pressure I think to put on a put on a young guy. So I think, I yeah. do think Francis comes in, but then that means someone's got to make way or shift to the 23rd, uh, switch, um, shift to the sub. So who would that be? Yeah, look, I don't see, look, it wouldn't surprise me if Gould does um, still go to the bench to begin with. <clears throat> As um, in the sub. He, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't know why, I genuinely don't know why off the top of my head why I think this because I think Francis has been up until this point in the VFL definitely been moved more towards the forwards. Yeah, he scored him. I think he's the highest goal scorer we've got. I think seven goals in three games. Is that just because uh, we don't actually have any forwards at that, at that level? <laughs> Legitimate, but I mean, if if we're using the VFL as like you know as building the players up, we wouldn't be playing him out of position. I think. I think we're yeah, just like yeah. look, you, he can swing. He. He's in the air. He's very, very good. And that's one thing that we may be missing massively by having a Marty out mm. is someone who can maybe, you know, get up there a little bit more. So, it, but it does also mean that McLean probably needs to chop out in the ruck a whole lot more um, now with a Marty out. So, Francis probably finds himself maybe more time where McLean is kind of thing and they kind of switch around. I don't know. It's That's the way I look at it. Um, I don't know how else to really pick it. What, what do you think there? Uh, look, I tend to think that given that we're coming up against heavier bodies, 
I think mm. we're probably going to keep Gould in the in the twenty two, and then bring yep. Francis in, but then move someone like Corey, who who played very well for a first gamer. He he also yeah. showed a lot of poise on the ball, and you know I thought he he's going to be a, an absolute um, cracker. But very maybe, athletic, yeah. yeah, very athletic. You know, yeah. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got some good footy IQ. He, he looks he's, he's an athlete. He's going to run, but maybe you just put him in as the sub. And he, he can also play a few different roles, you know, on the wing, roll forward. He could probably play off the halfback if needed. So he, he brings that sort of versatility and also a very young player. But obviously Gould is a bit more, he's probably a bit bigger and able to, you know, take take the hits. I mean, we're talking about Tom Hawkins. We may as well just get on to the opposition. Get straight into the Cats. Like the Cats are big. Look, one, I was just about to say, one of the ways that I did notice them at the beginning of the season getting beaten um, was the speed. Like they, mm. they are not a quick team in a lot of places, um, and it did look like they were laboring quite a bit. Um, it didn't look like they came into the season like entirely ready to go. So maybe having some speedy guys like a Corey Warner um, is really good for us uh, right over maybe some height in some certain places. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm heading anyway. So you think Francis comes in for Gould? And Gould goes to twenty, goes to sub. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm Sorry, heading. Francis comes in for Marty, but takes Gould's position in the in the back line. Gould goes to sub again, as he was last week. Yeah, and probably gets game time no matter what happens. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you know what I mean. Like he he, he gets on at you know, halftime or, or whatever, and makes sure mm. he gets some time in his legs. But mm. he one thing we have to point about point out about Gould, like he was in a moon boot, like you know, ten days ago. Mm. Like he's had a bad ankle. You were Noddy and I both witnessed him like not going for sprints and not getting up when in VFL games, and we've been like, "Oh no, it's not looking the best." So he 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 you know he probably pulled through this game, and I don't know maybe he's still carrying a little bit of an injury, and he probably doesn't need to be on the on the foot as much as he would like if he's going to be the long termer in that spot now. Um, with v- you know, VFL not knowing what's going to happen year, with Paddy, VFL Player of the Year. So he's banked he's banked it like he's he's yeah. earned this, and this is the time you know, to get his foot in the door and they gave, you know, he, you know, he's, he's in there now. So, you know, it's just, it just would be a shame if his body is, yeah, which is what we were thinking before they, they, they named the team for, for, for the Tigers, you know, with the, the whispers of Francis and Gould not being available was a bit, you know, but then obviously it's come to play that it's gone to pass as it has. Um, the other two names we should probably mention at this point are Clark Clamps, as mm-hmm. we've spoken about, or uh, Gus Bus, Angus yeah. Sheldrick. Sheldrick. I think you said something about, stethoscopes and heart issues or something what, what happened there mate yeah so uh we've got a twitter brains trust uh twitter's a really good place for football if anyone's interested in seeing, seeing another social media out there that's not something like facebook or uh or insta or whatever um and the crew there was mentioning that yeah gus was kind of coming off and had a doctor with a stethoscope on him um between mm. uh his uh outages there so i don't know what that was all about but he kept playing and he played the game so we presume that everything's okay the doctors aren't gonna put a stethoscope stethoscope on someone and then just uh let them uh have a freaking aneurysm so too many red bulls for the gus bus no yeah, surely, the gus bus is surely not. running too hot yeah running too hot the i mean he had running too hot yeah two two awesome games in the in the preceding weeks um you know like racking it up so he was really the next in line and then I think he only had ten touches or something. The Clark's twenty-five uh, against mm. in that smashing um, North beat us by forty-two points or whatever it was. So, um, one name, mate, that does come up that 
um, a lot of Swans fans are a bit frustrated at if mm. we're going to go down that path. Um, yeah, Will Haywood, Wilbur. Oh, yeah. Uh, hasn't played his best football so far this season. He's a little um, bit like Heaney, right? He hasn't really... Very you know... similar to Heaney, yeah, in very mm. similar ways too. Um, hasn't kicked straight as, as well. Like I think he's sitting at like less than 30%, I think 28% or so. Mm. Um, he had a couple of nice touches uh, on the weekend. Of course, he does a lot of good stuff off the ball as well with mm. the ball. Leading up typically. the ground. Yeah, some good marks. Yeah. So maybe, you never know, maybe Wilbur is a place where Francis kind of steps in. But we no, do man. generally have a problem in that back line. You're taking like away one person, another person who could potentially, if he's on, kick three or yeah. four goals in a game. And 100%. I think yeah, I agree with you. risky. I don't know. Yeah, no. We no. still need to be able to kick goals. Wilbur is definitely on our, in our top team um even mm. when he's playing average so it's yeah a bit of a tough one but yeah that's another name that could come up as well well we'll find out on thursday with bated breath as always yeah well they've got a couple of injuries mate do you want to talk those through uh who's this uh the cats the cats well um so uh yeah stanley and stangle i believe um mm-hmm. you know i think there's an arm and uh, i'm not sure what stanley is but uh, pretty eye big socket outs. broken eye socket oh, eye socket wow <laughs> Take that. Serious stuff, yeah. He's looking too hard at the at the umpires. Um, <laughs> but the, obviously, they're, yeah, they've got enough depth and structure to be not too phased with that. I think. Um, mm. Obviously, losing Stengel is is a blow because he's you know he's a genuine goal scorer. Stanley, I think they could cover with you know Blitzavs and Radagalia. Mm-hmm. But um, and then Gaz Rowan's coming back into the team after suspension. So. Um, <sighs> I mean, mate, I've got to I've look. The Cats started, and you and you mentioned it. They started pretty slow, right? Yeah. Zero wins, three losses. Hasn't been done in forty-seven years after winning a grand final the following year to start a season zero and three. Forty-seven years. So hats off to the Cats. Suck shit. Uh, but obviously, they're starting to they're starting to purr again, aren't they? They're they're being yeah. they're getting their confidence back. The AFL's helped them with a bit of kind scheduling um you know the suns the hawks and eagles over the last three weeks no one predicted the suns beating the cats but there you go uh, but they they have legitimately smashed the hawks and the eagles yeah um so they're sitting you know they're sitting in 10th they've got two wins three losses um as jules pointed out uh to us today in the bevy chat they're unfurling the grand final flag for the first time this year as it's the first time they've played at gmhba uh, since, stadium since yeah. since it all happened last that's since great it all timing. went down <clears throat> yep yeah so i don't know look they're gonna have a mental advantage for sure you would think mm. i don't know yeah you'd think so i mean we typically play well at cardinia what i love about cardinia mm. is mm. the whole football world talks about cardinia and the scg being the smallest grounds that could ever possibly be conceived in football it's really not that much smaller right can we all just take it, just calm down, right? It's skinnier. We, yes. It's skinnier for it's sure. Skinnier, yeah, yeah. It, but yeah, it's it's not gonna. It doesn't transform the team that much, I don't think. But nonetheless, we have a really good record there, probably because the dimensions are closest to the SCG. Although you know, a meter and a half different to some other grounds as well. So whatever, uh, we play well there, we'll take it. But yeah, look, by they beat the Suns and the Hawks, um, Eagles, Grand. I mean, sorry, no, the Suns beat them. So I was tidy. Yeah. yeah. So they yeah. lost the first three games of the year and then just beat the Hawks and the Eagles in the past two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. They've so, like, to... they're, they're starting, to, they've got an easier run coming up to us. And I've, during the preseason chat, I think you and me spoke about it and that were like, by 
round six, which is where we're going to get up to, by playing the Cats, that was going to give us a decent indication, we felt, of how the team was going. Um, because we presumed that the Cats were going to be dangerous. We mm. presumed that they were going to still be quite strong, that they were com- coming out of the out of the, the blocks really hot and uh, they that's absolutely not happened at all. So I don't really know what to take about this game other than two teams that are missing a couple of you know, important players, but they're just, they're neither team kind of really running with it. Us because we just don't have the players um, that make up our best 22 and the Cats because it just doesn't look like they just hit the, hit the straps going. So I don't really know, mate. I mean, there's a couple of key matchups that, are important. Jeremy Cameron is arguably the best player in football right now. Um, he's yeah, just the, burning it up. So unbelievable. Yeah, he's very, 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 very good. Even to the point where people were talking about him having a brown load, like freaking four rounds into the season. Yeah. That's how good he's been playing. Um, yeah. so we probably you imagine, and this was Matt mentioned as well. I think he reminded us. Um, Foxy plays really well on him. Well, yeah, he did, well he did on play him really well in the grand final. Yeah, uh, shut him out for a while and then came into it, obviously. But I think, yeah, I think Fox has to go to Jazz. Um, yep. It's it's Hawkins. I'm more worried about like Blakey. For sure, Blakey yep. what like 15, kilo, 20 kilos lighter. Oh mate, I I I reckon more than that. Like Blakey's how, how, how heavy is Tomahawk these days? 100, 125. He's basically a front a second <laughs> front row of rugby union. Yeah, well, he could probably play loose head prop, but um. Yeah, I'm I mean, it up right now. that's why I'm thinking like it's got to be a combo of France and Gould, uh, Francis and Gould. Like you've got to have some mm. heavy bodies back there. Um, obviously, when he when there's a you know a ball up in the in in their forward fifty, he's going to slot into that ruck roll. Um, so you know, Lads is going to take a a bunch of that um, you know, heat as well. But yeah, so he's. He's got twenty three kilos on Blakey. Twenty three. That's uh, twenty three kilos. That's a couple of dumbbells right there, that mate. So is, I don't know if I could lift twenty three kilos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I can. But uh, it's it's just uh, yeah, this that's not the matchup we want. Yeah, so I agree with you. I think a bigger body like a Will Gould or whatnot. But yeah, he's a super smart player. Old Tomahawk. He knows how to get around, and he scores some goals out of. Um, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The, the throw-ins as well. So that's yeah. also something a bit scary. It's hard <clears> to I mean, match up with him. He burnt us uh, very early in that first quarter in the grand final, yeah. right? And then that was one of the one of the reasons we um, we, we found it hard to come back. So uh, look, I I'm in midfield as well, right? They've got mm. Danger. They've got Isaac Smith. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I, I think Atkins is running through there. Obviously, they've three. lost Selwood, the, yeah. the soul of Geelong. Um, so. Yeah, Guthrie, but I think he's been down on last year. We're talking about Cam Guthrie, not Zach. Yeah, Because I Cam. think Zach's, Zach's been playing pretty well out of the back line. Yeah, the, the, the roles have changed. Like I was like, oh, it looks like Zuthry's playing pretty well. So that's nice. <laughs> Z- Zuthry, yeah. Zuthry. Um, obviously, Stewart. Um, Duncan, Duncan's pretty fit again. Tui, um, De Kerning, Radigalia. You know, they've got pretty good players and really good role players all across the ground. Brad Close mm. can bob up and kick a bag if you're not watching. Yeah, true. Yeah. So um, they're dangerous, you know, and I think they really need this. It's their first game at home. Um, the Cats next for Essendon away, inverted commas, MCG down the road. Um, Adelaide at, at home, Richmond again, inverted commas, away, and then Fremantle away. So they've got a, they've got a pretty tough month ahead of them, really. Yeah, they do. I think we're at the beginning of it, right? So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's a lot five, of um, that's five week that's block a of, lot. of challenge. So yeah, Frio has not been turning yeah. it on. I didn't think they would this year. They got no forward. Uh, Richmond is you know, a bit of a shocker, but they may get some of those injuries coming back. 
Adelaide's been playing really well, but um, yeah, they, they they can't defend for life of them. And Essendon, yeah, I I don't know what to say about Essendon. I think they everyone's kind of getting a bit too excited about them. But um, just ask any Essendon fan. Um, <laughs> I think that the Essendon fans. If we just take a second here, Essendon fans are the most like they've been the poor people have been properly like smashed around don't call them poor people i feel bad for them no 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 there's nothing worse than an up and about (laughs) bombers out no no they're they're just like carlton they're just like collingwood don't give them anything just because they've been down for a while don't give them because the second they win you just that's oh yeah that's that's true their second their second they even get some kind of success they'll let us know about but i know but they they've had a hard run of it, and they don't make it any easier on themselves Sorry, by uh, by, by getting Sorry, a Scott, the not the, not the good Scott, the, the ordinary Scott. To Is there any good Should be Scott? interesting. Is the there... same Scott that created Descent. Remember, that's the guy who's now running your coaching good at God. Bombers. So good luck to you. All the best, mate. So because of that, uh, yeah. it's going to be a tough one. How are you feeling? What do you think? I mean, we're not going to. I'm not going to tip, but I don't tip anymore after the Bombers game from last year. I'll stop doing that forever. Um, I would just generally, I think it's going to be just a really hard matchup in the back line. We got, mm. I, if we're honest with ourselves, of course, no Lynch made an enormous difference to mm. that forward line. Um, I don't know if Lynch was going to be the 44 point difference. I don't think so. I absolutely mm. don't think so. But I do know that it would have been a lot more hell to play. Um, and also, Lynch also gets up to ground and does some pretty good things um, further up when he has to. Um, so, we got away with that a little bit. Um, and so I think this week is going to be a proper look in to how our backline is going with some two monsters in Jezza and Tomahawk. Like they're crazy good. Yeah. Yeah. It's this, going to be scary, is, mate. This is, we're going to be pretty much the same side as last week. Yeah. Um, also, this, you know, against, um, uh, God, I've had a completely, a complete mind blank. What review is this? Tigers. Tigers. Oh, my God. What time is it? It's pretty, it's pretty late, mate. Um, yeah, but look, so I think that this is going to be, you know, the, the challenge. You know, this is coming up against a, a very experienced team who are probably fi- found their mojo at home for the first time, unfurling the flag. You know, my heart says, you know, I want to smash these bastards. Yeah. But my head says, you know, we're going to have to put it on for four quarters and everyone play their role for us to even stay in the game, I think. So yeah. I, yeah. I want our young guys to remember how it felt that grand final and just to go exactly. in there and just start breaking things like <laughs> that, like that, that effort that it's hard. It's hard it's, I don't want to say effort. I don't think that there was no effort. I just think they just felt just outdone. Right. I just want them to go out there and just absolutely compete, compete hard, like go nuts. And that's the, the, the impact of that is most important to me. I think. Yeah. We, again, for someone who's watched the grand final three times, we had a bad <laughs> like first quarter to. and a bad third quarter. Lived it and then watched it a couple of times after yes. that. It's Doesn't, not been. We've, we've, we've got just got some... to stay stay in the game, stay in the game, like you know, yep. good good teams can. And then obviously, you know, there's a different scale to this game. It's not the it's not the big you know it's not the big stage. Um, but we're just as we're younger than we were that day, and we're <laughs> at their home deck. Yep. Um, and you know, we're up against it. It's going to be a, a big challenge. So we just want. What we want every week as Swans fans, I think, is just effort and, um, you know, playing that, that that Bloods type of footy, you know, one in, all in, go hard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our, our best is, is going to be uh, good enough to, to challenge anyone. Yeah, um, I so, think our best is better than theirs. 
at this point. Uh, it's possible. I mean, on, yeah. the, on the record, we're, we're ahead of them in the ladder. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. And if we had our pieces of the puzzle, then more so. But, we, we yeah, we've shown we can do it. Mate, okay, let's uh, we, we'll start wrapping this up because it's been a long potty. Um, Gil McLaughlin is apparently meant to leave soon and we don't know what's going on. So we know that apparently it's down to just two names, Andrew Dillon, uh, yep. general counsel and operations bloke, um, and what's her name? Kylie Watson Wheeler. Wheeler. Um, Disney exec and uh, Bulldogs Prez. Um, apparently, it's come down to pretty much just those two. Okay. Um, I, I don't care. I just want the best person to run it. Whatever. Um, I don't know enough about either one, either of these two, or their policies, or their personalities to know whether either of them are going to do anything in particular special. My question would just be: Do you hate Tasmania? And <laughs> are you going Hi. to receive any kickbacks on the construction contracts? No, yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, I speculate. Hi, Kylie. Please sit down. Tassie, how do you feel about Tassie? Well, I'm not a big fan of it. There's a door, like kind of thing. Is that what you're <laughs> suggesting? <laughs> That's my basically litmus test. That that would be my interview. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Look, yeah, yeah I, I don't have a say in either one of them, but I just know that, I, like, I, like I said to Steve-O as well, like I, I, I don't know, a, a lot of effort goes into this game and the fact that I don't know who's going to be running it soon enough makes me nervous. So yeah, I would like to see how this ends up. Um, mate, some news out of the AFLW, out of season. Yeah, Colo Reardon, um, so obviously uh, retired at the end of last year. Um, he'd be a pretty handy role player right now, to be yeah, honest. But be, um, yeah. he is, he's been announced as assisting with the coaching of the AFLW team um, in Scott Gowan's absence, mm. um, uh, obviously health-related. So that's that's pretty good news that um, he's stuck around and, and he's in the club still because uh, I think he was a pretty good clubman by all accounts. So that's yep. uh, pretty cool to hear and see. Yeah, lovely. And of course, Scott um, Scott Gowan's out for prostate cancer. So gents out there, go get your prostate checked. It is important for all of us. Number one killer of men. Um, And you've got one more thing here. Yeah. Okay. So let me just explain the background to this. So uh, when the Warner Brothers were announced that they were going to play, the the Swans did a pretty cool article on all the brothers that have ever played for South and Sydney. And there was um, a section here um, it said, or Joe Scanlon, player 353, played 148 games from 1923 to 31. Paddy Scanlon played... Uh, player uh, 316, played 100 games from 1920 to 26. Merv Scanlon, player 360, what? played two games in 1924. Were they brothers? If you can help, please contact media at sydneyswans.com.au. I have a colleague at work who had previously told me he's related to these guys. As in oh, my goodness. Grand, grand, grandfather and grand um, you know, uncle sort of thing. Great, great uncle, yeah. grand, grand uncle, just a really grand uncle, <laughs> just a, just whatever, a grand whatever guy. that, whatever that oh, is. Top so dude. he, he has, he obviously, um, he, I sent him a screen grab and said, mate, let him know. So he contacted the, the media, um, at Sydney Swans. It bounced, didn't work. I was like, look, oh, just, what? just call Declan call at him. memberships. Declan, he, Declan, Declan yeah. will, you know, Declan is a superstar. So he's gotten through, um, he's confirmed, uh, that they were indeed brothers, um, and they were basically South royalty back in the day. Um, uh, a colleague tells me that um, 
I believe it was Paddy, no, sorry, Joe, um, who's the grandfather, was involved in the 1933 Premiership, didn't play but was on the match committee, so was in the thick of it in the in the glory days, the, hay, the heydays. Wow. But he says, Merv Scanlon, total ring-in, don't know who he is. So he, he's not a brother. So <laughs> not even a brother. Not even a brother. Just stole a name and ran on with it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But the other, the other interesting thing is he sent me a link, my colleague sent me a link, um, of an of a Sydney Swans article that basically went in depth about the um, the Scanlon brothers. So he's thinking, how the hell are they, is media writing a question saying were they brothers? Please let us know. We're really you, curious. And then he's got a link the, to you guys yeah. know this. So you guys did the link. Yeah, it was okay. a bit confusing. But anyway, case closed. The Scanlon, uh, Patty and Joe were indeed brothers. Um, so we've we've confirmed that, and that's a little bit of a feel feel good thing as a last thing. Beautiful. And that's all I've got. Lovely, lovely. South Melbourne royalty. Yeah. Always good to end that way. Well, look, that brings us to the end of this episode, unfortunately. So on behalf of Bob, thank you very much for everyone listening in. If you're listening to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, please make sure you like and subscribe and whatever there. It does make a big difference to us and the way that the podcast runs. And of course, follow us on all the uh, Instagram and Facebooks and whatnot. At the end of the day, there's very little good Swans media out there. So make sure you support your podcast wherever they are. So until then, up the bloods and can you Swanee? Swanee.